Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Imagine getting a random call from the New York Times asking if you are aware of a series of murders that have recently taken place in New York and California. Then the reporter informs you that your name was found 10 times in the killer's manifesto. What do you do? I'd freak out. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Kevin. No way. But you guys, that's exactly what happened to our next guest, Joe Serio. He lived in Russia during the Cold War and became an expert on the Russian mafia and organized crime. Joe was featured on a TV show, 48 Hours, this past year in regards to a murder case involving someone he had worked with while in Russia. Dun, dun, dun. Also, Joe is one of just a handful of guests who we have actually been able to meet. So he tells a rather funny story of what it was like to meet Steph in person for the first time. <laughs> you guys, we can't wait for you to hear this conversation with our good friend, Mr. Joe Serio. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in Central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. Steph, this is gonna be fun. He's back. Joe Serio's back. Wait, people. Why are you oh, introducing dang him? it? Because it's Joe Serio. I love Joe Serio. Uh, let me introduce him. Okay, here. sorry. All right, friends. Our next guest, yes, he is Joe Serio, <laughs> is a full-time professional speaker, trainer, and author. This past year, he's been featured on an episode of Forty Eight Hours on CBS, and recently spoke at the South by Southwest conference in Austin, Texas. And so far. He is the only repeat guest of this show who is not related to us. Mm -hmm. That's the fine print. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Mr. Joe Serio. Hey, Joe. Actually, this is the hat trick. So it is. Yeah. Yes. It's true. That is very true. This is the third time. And literally, no one's even been on twice. No. And of course, as you know, Joe, you always have an open invitation always. for us. So this is fantastic. First thing I want to talk about is... You are one of the few guests who we've actually met in person. Mm -hmm. And some of the feedback we get from listeners is, is Steph actually like this in real life? Is oh. she actually this bubbly in real life? And my response is, she's actually probably more excitable in real life than what you hear on the radio in the podcast because our show producer mixes the audio. So when Steph is screaming at a guest <laughs> in excitement, it actually gets adjusted <laughs> down so listeners aren't wrecking their car listening to us on the radio. So you are a great person to confirm because we met you for dinner uh, this past summer. So can you please share your experience? What is Steph actually like in real life? Okay, buckle up, people. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, Stephanie is... The same, if not more, in person than she is on this show. Yes. She is out of control. <laughs> <laughs> so we are pulling up to the hotel to pick Joe up to go to dinner that one night. And Steph, you're jumping out of the car before you even put it in park. 
I was like, Steph, no, 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 no. And you literally, I had to put it in park and you I were jumping out. out of the car to give Joe a hug. Well, I think I had the window down. I was yelling his name <laughs> out across the parking lot. And then all of a sudden you're yelling at me as you're still driving. And I'm already out the door <laughs> hugging this man. I was so excited. Yes, he was yelling because the door was open and the vehicle was in motion. That's what husbands do. They said, yes. no, honey, get back in the car. Yes. Stop. And by the way, then the other piece was the hug. Oh, yes. You hugged the stuffing out of me. <laughs> that was They're smothering. Aggressive hugs. <laughs> Very aggressive hug. And, you know, and this is us meeting for the first time. What happens when we meet the second time? Just wait. Gets oh, better. But Joe, wasn't it weird? Because we met you in person. And it felt like, it <laughs> felt like we had you. known you for mm-hmm. years, right? And it was hard to believe, like, oh, my gosh, we haven't met him yet. Because we've done multiple Zoom calls and... Like, that was really weird when I'm like, oh, I guess we've never met in person. Mm-hmm. It's like when you meet your Facebook friends or whatever uh, for the first time. And it's, it was great, but it, was, it almost felt slightly underwhelming in the sense that I feel like I've met you already. I feel like we've been friends forever. Okay. So I do want to share the story, Joe, of over dinner. We had a very funny moment. At least it was funny to me. So we had a, what I would call a who's on first type moment. Yes. During dinner with Joe. So went to this nice Italian place, short north. During the conversation, Joe is talking about friends of his in Russia and how he's kept in contact with some of them. And Steph, you asked Joe, how how do you keep in contact with them? Yeah, because that'd be expensive. Yes, mm-hmm. it would be. And so Joe responded with the word WhatsApp. Well, it sounded to Steph and I like he said, what's that? that? What's that? Instead of APP, I thought he said, what's that? T-H-A-T. Yes. We both thought that. Absolutely, we did. So, he didn't enunciate. So, <laughs> I'm going to blame it on him. <laughs> so, Zeph goes, how do you keep in contact with your friends out there in Russia? What's up? And then... Jo- how? Like, phone call? Tech? Like, how do you keep in contact? What's up? And then I just thought, I'm like, okay. And I start putting my finger and thumb up to my face. Phone call or... Do you email? (laughs) We're using our thumbs to text. Steph is playing charades and he says it again. WhatsApp. And I look at Steph and I'm like, did Joe's hearing just leave him all of a sudden? I didn't think that's how this worked. Is he having a moment that we don't know about? Because he's looking at us like we've got a hole in our head. Yes. WhatsApp. And you and I are playing charades with Joe. And then when we look at each other... Like, like, what the frick? Did he just lose his hearing? What is happening right now? So then finally I realized he's saying WhatsApp, A-P-P. And I turned to you, Steph. I'm like, he's saying WhatsApp. WhatsApp, that, the app on your phone, WhatsApp. I still didn't understand. I'm like, what the frick is WhatsApp? I don't know what WhatsApp is. And now I'm like trying to talk to Kevin like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Three people who speak English who yes. can't communicate with each other. <laughs> I mean, we did this for, I don't know, 30 seconds or whatever. Least, it was way oh, too long. Lo- yeah, it was, it was way too long. long. It was a while. <laughs> Last time you were on, we had briefly discussed you being on 48 Hours, and Kevin talked about it again in his introduction. Can you please tell the story of why you were on 48 Hours? Ooh. Yes, I remember from last time she said, we have to have him back to talk about this. Yes. Okay. You may remember last year, you would have seen this on the news, a lawyer pretended to be a FedEx agent. And he went to the home of a federal judge in New Jersey, and he rang the bell. The judge's 20-year-old son answered the door, and the guy shot the son down. The son died. The father comes to the door, and the lawyer shoots him three times. 
and the judge is in the basement. The judge is the wife, is the mother. She's in the basement. By the time she comes up, the lawyer had left. He went from northern New Jersey into upstate New York, where he grew up, and he killed himself. So the investigation found out that a week earlier, he had gone to California and killed somebody out there. So two days after the New Jersey shooting, I get a phone call from the New York Times. It was a reporter. And the reporter said, are you Joe Serio? And I said, yeah. They said, are you Joe Serio who worked in Russia? And I said, yeah. And she said, did you see this story about the man in northern New Jersey? And I said, no. And then she told me the whole story. And I said, okay, why are you telling me this story? She said, because the guy wrote a 2,000-page manifesto, and we found your name in it 10 times. (laughs) And I thought, this is definitely not shaping up to be an ordinary Tuesday morning. (laughs) (laughs) What were you thinking when she said that? Were you like, excuse me? Is that the hit list? Uh, Is that the hit list where I'm on it? I'm next in line? Tell me a little more. There was a hit list. There was a hit list he left in his car. And it turns out that one of my brothers knew one of the people on the hit list because the people on the hit list were judges and his oncologists. So really, I knew this man 21 years ago in Moscow. He took my place at the company I was working at. So I hung out with him in Russia for three, four weeks before I left and he took over. And we knew at that point that there's something a little thrown off about this guy. He wasn't violent, but at the time he was 50 years old. And I go out and pick up 20-year-old women in nightclubs. And I said, dude, this is a really bad idea in Moscow in the 1990s because you're telling me they're models. They're not models. I said, you know, you're going to get yourself in trouble. So he wrote in his manifesto that... He wrote in his manifesto that I thought I was James Bond and I was overly dramatic about the situation. And I was like, no, I had seen a lot of foreigners who would go to casinos and nightclubs and pull out wads of bills and they would get roofied and they get rolled and they would get beaten up and they would get taken for everything. And once in a while they get killed. I was like, dude, stop doing this. So he found a woman, he got married to her, he brought it to New York. And one day he's like, what are all these men's numbers in your phone? Oh. Yeah. So his wife was a... And I think that probably marks the time when he started ratcheting up his aggression. And when he killed himself, his ex-wife and the divorce attorney both said, now we can get some sleep. Because for the last 20 years, we've been waiting for him to come to our door and do something. And so they found out the 48 hours and and New York Times tracked me down through the manifesto and and the fact that I'm easy to find online. And that was it. It's crazy. So they said, would you come out to LA and do an interview about him? So I did. So how long was that conversation when they told you initially that Tuesday morning? How long was that phone call? Uh, maybe about 30 minutes. And they just download you on everything. As soon as they said his name, did you know who it was? Did you remember or, or did it take you a while? No, no, no. I knew the name immediately, but what took me a few days to remember was that he lasted in Russia one year. He didn't do much over there. When he came back to New York, he called me and I went into New York City and met him. And he told me things about his wife and he told me this, that, and the other thing. But what he did was he sent me pieces of the manifesto that he was working on in 2001. And I started reading it and I was like, this guy's nuts. Delete. And that was the end of it. And I... I didn't think about it for 20 years. 
But yeah, it was a little bit, that was a little bit shocking. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Steph, what's most important to you when it comes to building a new home? Okay. I want a builder who's an expert in what they do, is going to be honest with me, and cares about even the smallest of details. Well, thankfully, we know just the builder. You know it. It's Jay and Connie Luby with Luby Companies. Friends, don't just take our word for it. Go check out their website at lubycompanies.com. That's L-U-E-B-B-E companies.com. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. There's been many things since we started this podcast two years ago and it's turned into the radio show and, and all of that. There's been many things that have surprised me. One of the things is how prior guests like yourself has wanted to help us out. And with you, after we had a conversation with you, you and me was like, okay, I need to introduce you to some friends because they would be great guests on Tell Us a Good Story and I want them to meet you. So I went back and looked. Do you have any idea how many people you've introduced us to off the top of your head? Uh, I don't know, 10, 10, 11, something like that. Close. He's introduced us to nine. Really? Seven of them have been guests. One of them is pending. He's on the wait list. Uh Uh-huh. And then those seven people have in turn introduced us to seven other folks. Really? Yes. The initial conversation with Joe was episode 49. We've had 14 guests, including Joe, since we met him. Okay. That equals a third of the guests we've had on since we met Joe. What? So a third of our conversations have come from Joe either directly or indirectly since we met him. And those indirect guest stuff led to us having a nationally syndicated radio show. Wow. Because of what took place of Joe introducing us to this person who then introduced us to this person. And it's just been kind of a snowball, kind of a domino effect. And you never even wanted to talk to Joe. I had to convince you of it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, Kevin, do we need to talk? What what's that? What's that? Just that? I just I just gave you a look like what are you talking like, about? What are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> like which time, Steph? This time or the first time? <laughs> wow. Your face was classic. Like, huh? like, what are you talking about? What are you about? talking about? <laughs> I'm saying you've had to do that with other people, but it wasn't with Joe. It definitely wasn't oh, with Joe. <laughs> awesome. So I wanted to throw that stat out to you because I didn't know if you were aware of that. That's shocking. It's really shocking to me. I knew, obviously I knew how many people roughly I'd sent to you, but to, to put it in those terms and then to say that the indirect ones led to the radio show or nationally syndication, that's, um, I, I can't even process it right now. It's really, that's a lot. That's it's special. Big. It's pretty yeah, special. That's, that's great. And you know what? So happy to do it. You know, you said this thing and you've said it to me several times, the fact that people are helping us, they're excited, they want to introduce people to us. It's because of you guys. It's because of the way you are. That's it. You're funny. You're curious. You, Kevin, work your butt off doing the research and the detail work. You do so much detail work. And the way you know that is because of the shock factor in your guests when you do the, uh, the list of fun facts. And they're like, oh, my God, you really dug into this. And you know, what's the thing that people say about you? People say, oh, we had a conversation. It was the best conversation. It was the best podcast. People don't really even refer to it as an interview. They're just like, oh, you know, it's, it's going to be coffee, coffee with Steph and Kevin. You know, it's, <laughs> as we're just hanging out, you're talking about your kids. You're acting like crazy with, with Steph's sister. And you're <laughs> talking about what's going on in your family and everything. And it's just, it's real. And you're two super nice people. 
And then in addition to that is all the stuff that you went through in your uh, lives, right? Yeah. All the electrocution and the cancer and the brain and all that stuff. I'll tell you what I told you months and months ago. If something were to happen to me, I would hope that I would have a fraction of the grace and resilience and spiritual belief that carried you through your situations. I wish I would have a fraction of that that you guys have. Mm. Thanks, Jim. Well, thank you. Well, one thing that's cracked me up is a few of the guests that you introduce us to, we ask them, hey, how did Joe pitch us to you? Okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> and so two things were hilarious. One is, of course, Sonny Melendres. And he's turned into friends of ours mm-hmm. as well. And so I asked him, like, hey, how did Stephanie's name come up during a conversation with our friend Joe Serio? And he said, well, it was... Actually, I didn't even know Joe. It was the first time we had met. And during the conversations that he was like, hey, you know what? I think you'd be good for Kevin and Steph. And I'm like, the first time you met, he brought up our name. He was like, yeah, he actually did, which blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Then the other one that cracked me up, Joe, was with Kimberly Spate, who is an award-winning public speaker, award-winning from Toastmasters, which is like... Huge. Yes. She said... You had a conversation with her and said, hey, you know what? I think you have a, a good enough story here that you could go and tell us a good story with Kevin and Seth. I'm like, what do you mean a good enough story? You just won a freaking award for how good of a story it is. Isn't this backwards? And she's like, that's how he pitched it. That's why I love Joe. That is that's way too funny. That's why I love funny. Joe. Yes. So whatever you're doing is working. It's so I mean, Joe. thank you. Well, I pay attention to people, and especially since I met you guys, I pay attention to them in the context of Tell Us a Good Story. And the measuring stick is, could these guys hold their own on Tell Us a Good Story? And would they be interesting enough and funny enough and have enough of a personality to really hold the conversation? And um, on the one hand, it's easy. And on the other hand, it's difficult because your bar keeps getting higher and higher, I think, because you keep bringing on people who are just unbelievable stories like I'm, I'm glad i got on when i did because after <laughs> after some of the ones that came later like no my story isn't going to cut it you know and it's just there's so many amazing people in the world and there's so many amazing stories and for me i'm i don't know how weird this is going to sound but i'm a little bit protective of you guys and i want to make sure you get somebody that's really going to kind of deserve that spot well, I love your vetting process, Joe. So just keep it up because it's fantastic. So someday we're going to have to do the Joe Serio tree. Right? <laughs> yes. The 12 tribes of Joe Serio. Well, what is it called? The, the, the nine degrees of Kevin Bacon or something like that? It'll yeah, be like, right. Six it'll be degrees. Joe Serio. Six, yeah. six degrees of separation. So, yes. That's right. That's yeah. true. We could totally do that. Mm-hmm. But with you, Joe, here's what amazes me. You're so personable. You're so professional. Of course, we're seeing this version of you, but you weren't always this way. Can you share a little bit about the process of being scared to network, scared to talk to people, and just the value of connecting the dots like you have with us with Tell Us a Good Story? Yeah. So I grew up, as you know, in a family of 12 kids, Um, the ninth of 12. And being the ninth, it's a little bit intimidating because the top half is really accomplished as a priest and a Ivy League educated dentist and a lawyer who argued before the Supreme Court justices of New York State. And my sister could play 20 instruments by the time she was 20 years old. And it's just all that. 
I never really felt comfortable. I never really found my, my space. And actually, one of my brothers would tell you right now, growing up, we couldn't get him to talk. And now we can't get him to shut up, which is true. <laughs> it's, it's basically true. So uh, it, was, it was small tests. One little test was somewhere around 1992, after I lived in Russia for a while and I was flying back from Europe to New York, I walk on the airplane and the whole section of the plane is empty except for this one man and sitting next to him is a woman and a guy in a black suit standing in the aisle. And I see the man. I'm like, that's him. Oh my. And I said, okay, I'm going to be on the flight for seven hours. So I wrote a note, rang the flight attendant button and said, would you please run, run this note up to that man? And, and she said, yes. And halfway through the flight, the man in the black suit comes to my seat and I was sleeping and he pokes me on the shoulder. He said, did you write this note? I said, yeah. You want to see him? I said, yeah. He said, come with me. And it turns out the guy in the black suit is his bodyguard. And he brings me up to the front of the plane. And Dr. Henry Kissinger is sitting there, former Secretary of State, National Security Advisor, all of that, to Nixon and you know, presided over Vietnam War and everything else. And his gravelly accent, he just says, have a seat. And I sit down, I wait 10 minutes for him. And then he just turns to me and says, what can I do for you? And we talked for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And I told him about Russia coming out of Moscow and everything. And he said, well, here's the business card of my security chief. Give him a call. See if he has a job for you. Really? Yeah. And here's the kicker. I never called. <gasps> I know. It doesn't make any sense. I was determined to get on that plane and have a conversation with him. But after that, it all went out the window. Like it was that fear again. That was what, 30 years ago? That fear popped up again. And I just never made the call. So over time, I had to start creating these games in my head. There was one time I remember I went to a networking event. And this was this was less than 10 years ago. I'm already speaking, I'm already doing all this stuff, already wrote a book on fear. And sometimes that fear gets inside. I walk into this event, I don't know a single person. There are 75 people there. And I turned to leave. I took a step to leave. And I stopped myself and started screaming at myself saying, dude, you do this for a living. Get back in there. What are you doing? I could feel the anxiety rising in my chest. So the game that I had to play was look around this room for the group that's having the most fun and the group of people standing around smiling the most. And I found them. And it happened to be four or five women around 60, 65 years old and one gentleman. And I walked up and I just told them straight out. I said, you know what? I don't want to be here. But I looked for the, the most fun, most interesting group in this room. And it's you guys. And they just started burst out laughing. And that's it. So when the fear starts getting inside, sometimes we have to create some kind of mechanism. And, and you guys consciously or unconsciously, you did this. You've been doing this for two years. When you set out to do the show, I'm betting that you were pretty nervous. I'm betting you were even scared. I'm betting that you didn't think it was going to work out. I'm betting that more than a few times, Steph said, we don't have enough people in the pipeline. Yes. <laughs> True. Yes. True story. And, and, and she's freaking out. And that's fine. The fear part is the part we always, all of us have to contend with that. That's not the issue. The issue is what tools and you know techniques can we use to talk ourselves through it, or at least know who we can call to talk us through it. Because there's so much waiting on the other side. So back to the networking meeting. Yeah. When you show up, 
and you say, hey, I don't want to be here, but you guys look like the fun group here. What other tips do you use when you go into a group, whether it's a church setting or a networking meeting or our kids' school and you don't know anybody, right? What tips do you have to kind of break the ice to go up to somebody who you've never met before and you have to be there? Uh, A lot of times I'm thinking about compliments, right? So what is it that you can say about that person? What compliment can you give to them, right? So it's how do you make them feel good? All right, Steph, I've got a question for you. What's your favorite book of all time? Uh, obviously, you met her where? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Bible. Oh, oops. <laughs> oh. So what's your second favorite book of all time? You met her where? <laughs> <laughs> a distant second. Totally distant. It's a pretty good book. Sorry, God. It's still a pretty, pretty good was. book. But we're so excited. Where can people get our book, honey? Okay, I know this. Uh, Amazon.com. Yes. Barnes and Noble. Yes. And? And our website, KevinStuff.com. And, and what happens if they buy it off our website? <gasps> what do they get? Uh, an autograph from us. Yes. Who wouldn't want that? So, listeners, if you've already read the book, thank you so much. We've had such good feedback. One thing that helps us, if you can give us a review on Amazon.com, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. I know you have some more stories that you can share. And I have no idea, Steph, I have no idea what he's talking about. He just sent me an email and was like, hey, I got a couple stories for you that uh, might be good. And when he says that, I know he's downplaying it. So we (laughs) would love to hear some more stories, Joe. So the thing about you guys, and you, you said it earlier, this whole thing that we're doing together, it's about how do we make one plus one equals 16,000? That's what this is. That's what we're doing. I don't know if you realize that. So the way we do it is I introduce you to somebody, they introduce you to somebody else, and we talk about radio shows, and we talk about TV shows, and we talk about book deals, and we yes. talk about that's one plus one equals 16,000. Okay. We take all the experience of one person and the connections, and we put it together with all the experience and connections of another person, and we create all kinds of opportunities for all kinds of people. That's how I look at Tell Us a Good Story. It's about how can we connect people so that all of us can do good for other people, so that all of us can serve other people. In 2012, I went into a police training, training a lot of cops. And during the break, a woman comes up to me and says, I'm a 911 dispatcher. We're the redheaded stepchildren of law enforcement. I have to come to these programs because they don't have enough programs for us, whatever. I said, oh, okay, there's a market niche. But what that did was get me into the 911 world. Right. So when you had Joe, the 911 dispatcher, as a guest on your show, I already knew him. He posted it on LinkedIn. And I wrote to him and said, dude, tell me about that show. Give me the name of those people because I want to be on that show. And that's how all of this started. And if I said no to dispatch in 2012, then who knows? Right. We don't know. But we keep running forward and keep opening doors for each other. And on our end, we went on a podcast for someone we didn't know, Mm -hmm. Dr. D. And part of that show, I listened to one episode of somebody just to get an idea of what we're getting ourselves into. That episode was with a 911 dispatcher by the name of Joe McCarville. And I was like, oh, this guy would be fun to talk to. I'd love to hear his stories because on the podcast we're going on, he didn't really go through a lot of stories. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I bet he would have some great stories. So us saying yes to that interview then led us to 
Joe McCarvel, which then led us to Joe Serial. Isn't that crazy? That is oh, crazy. Everything. When you start backtracking and looking at everything, it's pretty cool. Yes. Just to follow up on that, I did a in- podcast interview about two hours ago. Okay. And they asked me, they said, what's your word for 2022? I said, my word is yes, because you have to say yes, because people are like, oh, I want more of my life and I want to have fun. I want to do crazy. It's like, yeah, you have to say yes, yep. because it doesn't work otherwise. Just and you yes. have to be scared and you got to work through the fear and you've got to surround yourself with people that can make things happen. And you got to say yes. Yep. So I can tell you right now, I am going skydiving this year for the first <laughs> time in my life. I, Just say I, yes. I promise. I made a promise. So I, I would go skydiving. So now I have to do it. So, and I'm serious. It's serious. Uh, so I had to say yes to that. So there you go. All right, Joe. Well, what do you think about riding a bull this year, uh, 2022? What do you think about that? <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> Just say yes. Just say yes. So, what other story do you have that you wanted to share with Steph and I in regards to? Just your crazy life and what you've experienced over the past 20 yeah. years. So there's one other that, that sticks in my mind. And it's about all this, you know, saying yes, relationships, creating possibilities with and for each other. So when I was getting my PhD, I was running an international magazine. In my uh, magazine, I have the middle section that I called the publisher's pullout. Okay. It's four pages. It's got a red edge on it so you can see it easily and you can pull it out. It's an excerpt of a book from a publisher. And this is how I do it. I shut my eyes. I go put my hand on the shelf and I grab a book off the shelf. I was like, okay, this is good enough. Interesting, whatever. So I do it. One issue of the magazine, I pulled a, a book off the shelf on organized crime. So I excerpt it, publish it, send it. A couple of months later, a publisher contacts me and says, would you put an ad in your magazine, an announcement for authors, for a call for manuscripts? I said, sure. They said, what's it going to cost? I said, nothing. That's fine. I'll just put it in there. And I asked them, would you take my manuscript? They said, oh, you have one? I said, yeah. This is one. I have 80 pages here on my desk. So they said, sure. But, you know, you understand we have to send it to an anonymous reader to make sure it's okay and everything. I said, okay, great. That's it. I'm going to Turkey for a conference. I'm bringing copies of the magazine. I had all these Turkish cops write articles in the magazine, bring it to Turkey, give it away. The first night I get to Turkey, I get an email from the publisher. Publisher says, we're sending you a contract immediately. We're going to publish your book. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. The next night, we have the prime minister of Turkey hosted a a dinner for us, like 600 foreigners. And it's on the steps of a palace. And they have all these round tables, like a wedding reception. There's 600 of us having dinner. They take us for a tour of the palace. They do all this stuff, okay? At the end of the night, 600 people are leaving, getting onto a whole string of buses. And I sit down and there's an empty seat next to me. And a man sits down. He's got this light Italian accent. He says, who are you? Where are you from? And I said, my name is Joe Serio. I'm from Sam Houston State University. And I'm the editor-in-chief of this magazine. That's all I told him. And he says to me, you printed an excerpt from my book that I shut my eyes and grabbed off the shelf. (laughs) This guy's sitting next to me. He was just so delighted. He said, you printed the excerpt from my book with this lovely Italian accent. We talked for a few minutes and then it's silent. And then he turns to me and says, did you live in Russia? Why would you ask that? I didn't tell you that. 
He said, I was the anonymous reader of your manuscript. No. Yes. <laughs> so all these worlds just come colliding. And I've got a dozen stories like that from around the world, from just saying yes. Isn't well, it interesting, though, Joe? Because the first episode we had you on, you closed your eyes and did your little twirly finger on the globe. Right? Oh, that's true. And then you, it pointed to Russia. Then you just close your eyes, do your <laughs> little twirly thing, and grab a book off the shelf. If apparently you just need to close your eyes and do your little twirly finger and things happen for you. I need to do that more often. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's- don't go to college. Don't get a high-paying job. Close your eyes and twirl <laughs> your finger. That's actually how Steph chose a spouse. She just closed her eyes there at the restaurants, like, okay, that guy. That's the guy. <laughs> well, continuing that conversation. Yeah. What you just talked about, I'm a firm believer that did not happen by accident. Mm-hmm. So us connecting the dots with yeah. you, yeah. that this did not happen by accident, no. right? I no. truly believe that God connected us because he knew, okay, Joe has some experience. He's got some skill set that he's going to help Steph and I out with because when we met you, it was the very first year of us doing this. And of course, getting into something new, you don't know what you don't know. And so I truly believe God aligned your steps with us, one, to connect with you, but also the connections you have that, okay, I'm going to need Kevin and Steph to meet Dennis Welch. I'm going to need him to then introduce us to Bob Bodine. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to need that person to introduce us to this other person, right? And it's just ordering our steps. Mm-hmm. I don't think that is by accident. You get on a bus and it's like, wait a sec, that guy read my manuscript. Wait a sec, I actually published an excerpt on this guy. Mm-hmm. That is that not by accident. That, that isn't just happen. like random. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. more to it than that. For sure. There's no coincidence about that. If you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at kevinandsteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. Isn't it crazy that you know, you're talking about a CPA and a nurse and you never in your wildest dreams had this imagination that someday you're going to be sitting here talking to Philip Paul right, and talking to Dennis Welch and just having this crazy mosaic of all these people around you you never would have met before. And it's like, oh, this is our life. And the other thing that we learned in the last two years is we can do anything with it that we want. Mm-hmm. And I told you, I told you that you are the Chip and Joanna of this space. And it's not going to surprise me if you have a TV show, if you have a magazine, if you have a major book, if you have zero surprise, zero, because you guys are so great, you're so articulate, your humor is perfectly pitched. Like you're so, I hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're so good at it. It really, you guys pull it off so great, so great. Oh, like you guys no. are, you guys are the, the one in a million. You really uh, are. And I'm not messing with you at all. It's really great. It really is great. Thank you. By the way, I also don't gush. I do not gush about anything. There's a handful of things that I gush about and you guys are one of them. Oh, uh, Joe, we need you so bad right now. Thank you. Well, God bless you, Joe. That was encouraging to us because this past week, 
the challenges that we have faced, even after two years, we still have to remind ourselves like, there's a reason we're doing this. And again, we had a large challenge this, this past weekend. And uh, for you to share that is, is more meaningful than, than you know. So thank you. All right, listen, you're going to regret having said that. So here's, here it comes. Instead of after the fact, you tell me before the fact or at the beginning, we have some really big challenges. We don't know if we're going to make it. I'm going to get on an airplane. And I'm going to fly to Columbus. <laughs> and I'm going to set you straight. Because all the data in our hearts, all the data in your Google Analytics and everything else are telling you and telling us, you have to do this. Because there are people that need to hear your voice. There are people, believe it or not, that need to hear Stephanie laugh. I really, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize that I have not given her enough material to have a classic Stephanie laugh. That's funny. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. Well, listeners, for more information about Joe, you can go to his Facebook and Instagram pages at Joe Serio Speaks. His website is joeserio.com. We'll put that information in our show notes. And Joe, where can folks get the book? I know it's on Amazon, but where else can people get it? So that book, we did all self-publishing. And so a publisher is now picking it up. That's That's amazing, Joe. Publishers picking it up. Uh, They're going to redo the ebook. They're doing a professional voice audio book. They're doing new Amazon page, doing all kinds of things. When will the book eventually get published and and put in the stores then? We're having a meeting this week. Okay. We're looking at the end of May, beginning of June. I wrote an additional ending to cover what's happening in Ukraine and what I think about the Russian perspective or the Russian mentality of how someone like Putin could do something like this. Wow. Joe, that's amazing. Congratulations. Seriously, that's amazing. So happy Were you, you so excited? Uh, I don't get excited until until it comes out. Like, Fair. I'll get excited when it comes out. Yeah. And she also said, you know, I was reading that the publisher said, I was reading this book and I really see a TV series coming out of this book. And so, okay, let's keep our eye on that. Let's move toward that as much as we can and let's see if it happens. Oh, oh Joe, that's, that's awesome. amazing. Well, you're talking about doing the the ebook and the audiobook. So you're not going to read it, right? I actually was recording my audiobook before okay. the publisher showed up. And she said, no, we're going to have professional voice people do it. It's like, okay, fair enough. Like Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> we're going to have somebody well, like him? <laughs> when we started this podcast, I asked our show producer, like the very first, the pilot, I'm like, hey, can you adjust my voice at all? Can I sound like James Earl Jones by chance? And he's like, no, I'm not a miracle worker. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so there's only so much you can do from audio perspective. But uh, oh, by the uh, way, regarding the abuse that you get on this show, Kevin, I like the P is silent joke. I'm just saying you. for the record. Just thank for the you. record, for people who watch this regularly, you know what I'm talking about. Stephanie, get that look off your face. I can't. Thank you. I can't. It touches yeah. all the juvenile parts <laughs> of me. <It's... laughs> well, Joe, you have open invitation anytime to come back on Tell Us a Good Story. Thank you so very much. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. You guys are doing great things. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.